You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, sponsored by Lono Coffee. Visit LonoCoffee.com, use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. It's the single best way I start my day. Today, a Washington victory to discuss. How about that? Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch joins me to go over Washington's 29 win over the Bengals. Is he buying the defense's effort after halftime? Can this team really get back into it? And more and I share my observations. You can follow Michael on Twitter at MichaelPRTD, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story later this week revisiting that Thanksgiving Day game where RG3 was a star in 2012. It's the only time Washington has beaten Dallas on Thanksgiving. And I have stories up now about Alex Smith, his first win in two years, and I'll have another on his impact and on his impact and his impact on their ability to stay in the race. Also, my Tuesday podcast will feature Washington team president Jason Wright, as well as talk about the Dallas game. Now, let's get on to the observations. Number one, Michael and I will discuss the defense more in a bit, but the one thing I'll say is that when they face a good quarterback, they struggle. They have faced one quarterback in the top 10 of total QBR on ESPN and only two who are in the top 16. And the QBR is a stronger rating than the passer rating because it measures the quarterback's impact on a game. Those two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, top 10, Baker Mayfield, number 16. As strong as Joe Burrow looked today, he entered as the 23rd highest QB in terms of total QBR. I love Burrow, but he carved this, he carved this team up. There are two things here. Washington struggles against good quarterbacks, but they might only play two more quarterbacks capable of solid play the rest of the season. Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson in back-to-back weeks. Beyond that, it's a string of weak or mediocre QBs, and some of that's going to depend on Teddy Bridgewater's health, but Bridgewater is not an upper-echelon quarterback. It'll allow them to stay in the playoff race, but it also might skew how good this pass defense really is or isn't. Ron Rivera told Bengal reporters earlier last week that Washington would have selected Burrow had Cincinnati gone in a different direction. There are a couple things with that. One, Cincinnati was always going to take Burrow. And two, I was not surprised by what Rivera said at all. I knew how much they liked Burrow, so I knew if he was available, they would select him. I'm pretty sure I would have I told you that before the draft, but I also knew it was irrelevant from the standpoint of what might happen. But it certainly says, because I, like I said, I knew Burrow was going to Cincinnati, but it certainly says something about how they viewed their own quarterback situation with Dwayne Haskins. While they genuinely seemed to believe they could make it work with him, they also recognized more about what Burrow could do. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it did come up. And we saw today what Burrow can do. He throws a lot of quick, short passes, gets the ball out in rhythm, has a lot of really good quarterback mechanics that you love to see, the ability to keep his eyes downfield, maneuver the defense with his eyes. He's tough, competitive. 
It's a shame that he got hurt. But I also enjoyed seeing how he and Haskins embraced before the game, and Haskins was on the field pretty quick after his injury, along with Chase Young and Terry McLaurin. But it says something about all those guys, including Haskins, um, how they reacted to one another. Alex Smith does so much for this offense, even without putting up a great deal of yards. There's such a strong comfort and calm that he brings to the huddle. It's exactly what players discussed two years ago after he was hurt when asked about where the season had gone wrong. He's perhaps the number one reason Washington has a chance to contend in this weak division. Not only does he know the offense and has seen every defense, he can share that info with the young wideouts, for example. He'll put them in position to learn at a quicker pace because of how he can he can get through his progressions, etc. He can only he can help do um, he can only he can help do that when he's not playing, of course, but it carries so much more weight when he when he is playing. I love the touchdown pass to Steven Sims because he was backpedaling on that play, but he could see that Sims just needed to cross the middle and he had all sorts of room to room in the end zone. So he inched back, stayed calm, let Sims get free from the muck in the middle, and it became an easy score. That's a veteran's poise. After getting six, sacked six times versus the Rams, he's been sacked a combined six times in his last three outings. He definitely helps with the protection, and with, with this makeshift line, you want a QB who can get through his reads quickly and get to his checkdowns. It's how you save sacks and help the line look good. What I didn't like was him throwing to the middle of the field to a covered Logan Thomas with no time, no timeouts, and around 23 seconds left in the first half. Cincinnati was trying to take away the outside, of course, but I still didn't like that decision. Number four, I'm starting to see more and more from running back Antonio Gibson. Had another good day. His cutbacks have been better. I even saw him jump cut from one uh, one time today that resulted in, I think it was a four-yard gain, but it would have been like a one in no yards or one yard. I also wonder if he's starting to see beyond the first level of defenders. That's one thing Adrian Peterson would talk about, how he could see past that first wave, and that allowed him to make certain cuts. I don't know that Gibson's at that point, but I've seen more evidence that he's running with better vision and patience. That's how you can get there. He's also doing a better job running with a lower pad level, resulting in him not presenting such a big target for defenders and also allowing him to get yards after contact. He's still learning, still has a ways to go, but he did, but he, but he is showing some very positive signs. I don't know if you noticed, but Ryan Kerrigan spoke to the media today. It's the first time we've talked to him since the trade deadline when his name was, of course, mentioned for having demanded a trade. I know he never went to them directly to demand a trade, but I also know he was very frustrated and that my strong sense is he would have welcomed the deal. I do believe that was communicated um, in, some, some, in one way or another. By having him talk about it today, it allowed the question to be asked in a way that won't draw attention to the topic and was overshadowed by everything else that happened. A savvy move by the PR department. Kerrigan didn't want to discuss it, but he did say how he liked that his snaps were trending in the right direction. Kerrigan can still help, and he is showing that. Finally, this is not a playoff team in the traditional sense by any means. Let's not sugarcoat how good this team is or isn't. But when you're discussing a playoff race in the NFC East, it's all within context, and the bottom line is they do have a chance whether people like it or not. That doesn't mean they're a good team or that they're doing all sorts of great things. They have some flashes of positivity and, and bouts result in some issues resulting from their youth and anything else you want to blame. Terry McLaurin is a damn good receiver already. Chase Young will be really, really good. I like Gibson. I really like J.D. McKissick. And with Smith playing efficient football, they can at least be in games. It allows them to be competitive, and that allows them to show growth. 
ultimately, that's what you want more than anything. They have to win Thursday at Dallas, and then it'll get interesting. That's it from me. After this break, I'll be back with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. You've heard me talking about Low Note Coffee for a couple months now. Let me tell you a little bit about who they are and what they're about. Low Note Coffee is based in the Shenandoah Valley, just a nice bunch of people who are open for business during this trying time. Just look at their website, lowneoakcoffee.com, and what do they highlight? Their core values of quality, family, transparency. They work with co-op farmers from all over the world to source their beans. They also support small farmers to find the right beans. During this pandemic, one of my saving graces has been grinding my beans from Lone Oak Coffee and taking a few minutes before the day to savor the coffee, get my mind right, put a little jazz or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong on in the background, it's even better. I've enjoyed all their blends, but among my favorites, the Ethiopian Guji, love the berry flavor, the Mexican Chiapas, and their house blend. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com, that's L-O-N-E, O-A-K, coffee.com. Use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. You can thank me later. All right, America's podcast guest, Michael Phillips from Richmond Times-Dispatch, talking after Washington's 20-9 win over Cincinnati. Are you sold on this being a win? I mean, obviously it's a win, but are you sold on what you saw and what it might mean for them going forward? I'm going to put it bluntly because that's what I do. They caught... Just a, an incredible break in Joe Burrow's injury. You never want to see that, but the, the truth of the matter is the Bengals' offense was rolling. It, it reminded me of last week in Detroit when that first half for Alex Smith, he was moving, but they didn't get any points. And he just had the feeling when they broke through, they were going to break through. Same thing for Burrow. Three great drives, got six points out of it, the missed field goal, the fumble, the missed extra point. Uh, you know That was a team that could have scored 21 legitimately. Uh, probably, you know, more accurately 14 or 17, and instead they're, they're at nine. So you're hanging around, you're hanging around. If Joe Burrow finishes the game, I don't think the defense is making the strides forward they need to make to stop him. So a, a huge break. I did think the offense was getting better. I thought they were more balanced with Antonio Gibson in the second half, had some good, good concepts. I'm not sure they catch up and win. So here's your challenge. You know, it's a defense that I don't think was good enough to win today, but they got the win today. Can you turn that into momentum? Can you turn that into a win in Dallas? Or are you going to regress to who you are and get embarrassed on, on national television? And let's stick with the defense real for a minute because yeah. I'm, I agree with you. I think the defense has to show better. I think the hard part for them is they actually came out playing a little bit better in the second half on those first couple drives. I would like to have seen was that – some, you know, whether it's adjustments or just yeah. better play to see if that finishes out for the second half. But all we know is they played better in those two drives, but they were torched in that first half. You know, you're seeing the residuals here in the secondary of, you know, and Kendall Fuller missed a few plays there along the way, but you're seeing the residuals of, look, you got Troy Apke and Cam Curl back there. It's not an all-star secondary, but you got some talent there. Fabian Moreau should be good enough to hang at this point. Uh, you know, at the linebacker, you're, you're weak right now. Um, we saw it, it was an interesting shuffle there for a little while. We saw packages of two, then they came off, and the other two came on. Thomas Davis couldn't run down uh, Ryan Finley there at the end. That's probably the end for his season in a meaningful contributing capacity, you know, watching him lose like that. But the front four, how good they are, it doesn't matter if the quarterback throws the ball right away. Now, all that said, they, they had some opportunities earlier where Burrow was hanging on to the ball, letting his receivers get deep. 
they did not take advantage of those opportunities. So full full team effort. They, they did not. And I think, like I said, to me, that's that's a disappointing thing. Um, from your perspective, like in Chase Young in the first half, almost gets the pick, yep. knocks the ball out from Burrow. What were you seeing from him then? He, he plays with such a high motor, and I, I think the Burrow fumble was a great example of that. He's away from the play. He gets blocked away from the play. He doesn't quit. He keeps moving. He keeps moving towards it. I think Chase Young is a well, – let's address the elephant. They're in the Thomas Boswell column this week. Yeah, that, that was wrong. It's just that's what it was. It, I have a lot of respect for him. I love sitting next to him at Nats games back when I covered the Nats. He's a great writer. He was wrong on this one. Yeah. Chase, Chase no, Young, no. high motor, great player, uh, and brought more of the same. He really brought a lot of energy today. Burrow and Young both have that commonality. You just The team rallies around them even though they're a rookie. Such a special trait to see. Well, and it's funny that you bring that up as, as far as, like, you know, the mature, I guess the maturity or the people rallying around him. Because Ryan Kerrigan said it after the game, he's he doesn't feel like a rookie. And you saw him before the game addressing the team and kind of taking charge of, of maybe, maybe elevating his role a little bit more from just being a rookie to being a guy – who wants to bring that quote-unquote juice. He said there's 365 days in a year. You only get to play 16 of them. Why not be a dog today? And I know that's the same thing you say before you write your article. So <laughs> well, must have been really there's a lot of dogs, so that's, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that's why we're recording this in this little booth at <laughs> We're wearing the masks. We're in the booth. We're following all CDC protocols. It's yeah, and, and then we're going to, you know, they're going to Dallas where 30,000 fans are waiting, but that's, <laughs> its, that's its own thing. I, I would say this. Do you sense this is a defense that can turn the corner, or is this a lost cause? I think that, the problem is when they play good quarterbacks, they get picked apart. Yeah. That's, to me, that's a problem. That's been, they haven't faced a lot of really good quarterbacks this year, and when they do, it becomes an issue. So I think if the team, if going forward, there are only a couple of really good quarterbacks left. There's two. And then beyond that, that's why I think if this team turns around, it's because the defense may be better, but it's also because the level of quarterback play might not be that high. Yeah, and, you know, winnable games uh, available, and you only need a few of them, but you, you got to start in Dallas. you got to have this one. Otherwise, Dallas is up on you, the Giants are up on you, and Philly's up on you. And that, that, that's the end to me if you don't oh, come yeah. out of Dallas with the win. But if they come out of Dallas with the win, look, we're talking about them going to the playoffs. and. I, I'd be curious to get the pulse of the fan base there. Would you rather make the playoffs pick? Would that be 19 overall? 19 yeah, draft yeah. pick? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that a could, big could, difference. could be a big swing. It's it a, really it, could be. It's a big swing. <laughs> it, it is a definite difference. And, you know, I think it's almost, I wonder if they'd rather see, well, you make it to a certain point and then you fall off. I don't know what yeah. people think. But one of the reasons I think they have a shot to even think about that is Alex Smith. I mean, you know, not an awesome day, but an Alex Smith type day. This, you know, Alex Smith does not get defeated. Could have been defeated at halftime, could, could have hung it up because it was a rough first half. Came back, made great plays, made smart plays. Um, we've seen, and this is Alex Smith 2.0 here. It, it, he's a little different from the first incarnation we saw with Jay Groot. More interceptions, more likely to take a chance downfield. I think he's getting really comfortable with Terry McLaurin and this thought of I can throw it to Terry even if he's fully covered and give him a chance to make a play. I love that, man. That, that, that early pass there set the tone for that offense. If you can stretch the field like that, you can do so much more the rest of the game. And he certainly if he sees him with a one-on-one, he wants to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. And even if he's not open, he figures he can make it, maybe make a play. But his, it also 
there's a lot of things that he just adds that I think these players appreciate. Especially on such a young team, to have a guy like that at quarterback, I think there's real upside to it. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about the future. I, I think Alex's future is on this team next year just because of the comfort level these guys have, whether he's the bridge to the next guy or whatever it might be. I, I think he brings a lot of very tangible benefit to these young guys, to this team, to the operation, a very calming influence. You think about Chase Young bringing the juice on the other side. Alex kind of removes the juice when it needs to be removed, when they yeah. need to dial in, play some methodical football. And then you had Antonio Gibson running pretty well today. Are you, do you believe that this run game is going to start to get going? It, you know what's funny is after a couple weeks of Alex Smith, I was willing to say this week, maybe you need to skew more towards the pass because they've been so successful passing. And then today you see them win with a more run-heavy formula. And hat tip to Scott Turner. I know the fan base doesn't want a hat tip to Scott Turner. He's a young offensive coordinator. Those guys take their lumps. <laughs> he did. He correctly noticed they could have some success running the ball. They could have some success with that method of football in the second half. I'm going to tip my hat there. That was a, that was a strong adjustment set them up for success. It, it, it was. And going back to that Dallas game, too, because you brought this up earlier, and it, it is this – for a 3-7 team, this probably is the biggest game of their season. Sure. Because if you, like you said, if they lose, now technically you're not out of it. But, I mean, if you're not beating Dallas like this, then you're not going to, you're not, you can't, they can't win the division unless they go 4-2 and two in the division to me. And the short week will be a, a tough opportunity to refocus. You know, they, this is the second week in a row. They've run some gimmick plays, some special plays. Tougher to do that on the short week, obviously. You won't get out on the practice field to rep those plays, especially when Wednesday's a travel day for you. So it's not going to be as easy uh, to, to win in Dallas. It's certainly everybody, everybody remembers this, this game a couple weeks ago where Dallas came to Washington and basically quit on the field. Yeah. They, they've strung together so, some good performances since then. They will be playing at home in front of a, a crowd. I, uh, it's not going to be an easy out, but it's an achievable one. This is a winnable game for Washington. It is, and, if, and I think this is to me, and this is when if they win this game, then things I think get interesting for them. And right now, you're on that cusp of being part. I mean, they're part of the discussion because the NFC East is what it is. But if you can get to four and seven, now you can look at those final three games, which would be Carolina or San Francisco banged up, Carolina, you know, not playing as well, and then yeah. Philly. It's some, something I, I just thought of here. I wonder if the NFC East has been a real positive for Rivera in terms of being able to stick with Alex in that there, there's none of that. The season is over. Let's right. go to Dwayne. Chad, because, because the season is legitimately not over. Right. Uh, I think that's made it that's a lot a easier for him to do what he needs to do in that regard. Well, it is, and I think Alex's play is helping too, and there's no reason to go away from him at this point. But you're right. If the if they're two and eight at this point, and then going to Dallas, you, you and you lose at Dallas, then the pressure's on to say, "Hey, put the kid back in." And mm -hmm. you're right that you know I guess I guess that can be a good thing for them. Not so much that about about Dwayne, but just about pressure or anything else that comes with that. Yeah, so. it, it, you know it, it was a boring game today. I thought, um, it, and then it turned, and you know they were clicking all of a sudden, and. You know, that, that last 15 minutes, they played some good football. I thought Logan Thomas underachieved a bit today. Yeah. He, he wasn't himself normally. It, it was gray. It was kind of cold. There was nobody here. They didn't even have the friends and family here. There was no juice. No juice, no as juice. we say. Uh, no juice in the stadium. It, 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 they were slogging their way through this. But you get the win. You set yourself. That's what good teams do. They find a way to win when, it, when it's 
unfavorable circumstances. And they've had a couple games now where you can say they did what they should do in this situation. Just mm -hmm. like with Dallas, you did what you should do. And I think it's better than the alternative because if they don't win this game, I think there's a lot more questions that come out of Sunday than, than what we're And we both about. identified this. Once Burrow leaves, you have to win. It's a must right. win at that right. point. That defense, you know, I, I get that the storyline coming out of this will be the defense got right today. The defense didn't get right no, today. The defense the, has a lot more to prove. The defense has a lot more to prove. But they handled their business against Ryan Finley. You, you can only win the game that's in front of you, and they did. Well, that's it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> that's all for this episode thanks to michael phillips for joining me and thank you for tuning in it wasn't the prettiest of wins but there have been a lot of years washington was on the, on the other side of those kind of games and thanks to lone oak coffee for their continued sponsorship i'll talk to you tuesday